a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. This week on The Million Dollar Plan, we talked to Cassie. She recently has received an inheritance. She's nearly 50 years old. Her financial life is starting to come into focus, and she joins us now. Hello, Cassie. Hi, Pete. How are you? I feel like you originally chose a first and a last fake name, uh, Cassie Weir. Is there was there a reason for this? Uh, <laughs> um, I've always loved the name Cassandra. Oh, so we didn't go with Cassandra. We went. We, you you gave your fake name a nickname. Yes, I this, did. This is advanced podcasting right here. Uh, so you are forty nine years old. You live in. Rhode Island. You got to get the H in there. Rhode yeah, Island. exactly. Um, and you, you recently received a, a big inheritance. Who who died? My uncle. Oh, I'm sorry. And so he left you $140,000. Like, you must have sent a great number of birthday cards and things through the years to this uncle. Like, how does an <laughs> uncle leave you $140,000? We were very close. It was my mother's... Um, significantly younger brother and he was more like a brother to me oh my yeah and so uh he left you one hundred forty thousand dollars. how recently uh did 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 you receive the money he passed away in may okay so all the paperwork was signed <clears throat> last yeah. month sure and and so you know just looking at what you sent us from a financial life perspective and I, i'd love for you to explain to the audience like tell me about your financial life prior to receiving $140,000? Was it going well, not well? Oh, awful. (laughs) Um, My husband and I have been married. It'll be 23 years next month. Okay. And uh, we've known each other for 25. And for those 25 years, we've struggled with um, putting ourselves through school, paying off our student loans, raising a family, illness, layoffs. And um, my husband is self-employed. I love the fact that um, that he is in that we were able to raise our child. We didn't have to put our son in daycare. I mean, it was there's always a trade-off, sure. but we didn't always make a lot of money, so we made a lot of sacrifices. Now our son is in his second year of college, and um, but we have a lot of debt, and we are definite under-earners, and we can never feel like we can get in front of that eight ball. Like, we just live paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, you sound like survivors, I can tell you that. I mean, would you describe yourself that way? It seems like you've always have, have been able to make it work. Definitely. And, you know, both of us are pretty optimistic. We like to see the glasses half full. Um, But as we get older and realize that we had nothing set aside for retirement when we received that windfall, knowing how the um, inheritance was worded in the will and how my uncle had set it up, um, 
we needed to roll it over into retirement, and we're really grateful for that. Sure. But it feels like the day-to-day stuff is still kind of a struggle. Well, you know, I've got some kind of good news. I mean, in the, in the spirit of looking at things uh, with the glass half full, uh, and this, this sounds weird, so stick with me for a second. Um, you're not going to have a lot of money at retirement. So this, this is not the part where you react yet. So just wait for it. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but I think based on the current income you live on, you're going to be one of those situations that if we can clean up some debt, then maybe you don't need a lot of money to retire successfully. Um, and and I, I think that's the nature of someone like, like you. Your take-home pay is $3,400 a month. So in today's dollars, once we clean up some of these debts and, and take care of some of these obligations, we're not re- trying to replace that much money in retirement. So I think our challenge here today together is to put together some semblance of a plan that eliminates some of these obligations and then makes the numbers work when you get to retirement age. Is that fair? Mm. So, okay. Tell us about the debt you have. You mentioned you have some debts. So what are they? Where'd they come from? Are you paying on them? All that good stuff. Yeah, we're, we're definitely paying on them. Um, one of them is paying off my car. Okay. Um, one of them is uh, some money to the um, IRS. Okay. Um, Let's get some numbers. Let's get some numbers flowing here. What, the car? Sure. How much? How much do you own the car? The car. Uh, there's about eight. I don't even know if I gave you that number. Eight thousand dollars on the car that's left. And then what's your payment? Three hundred a month. Okay, and then you owe the IRS. I assume this is from your husband, self-employed, right? And so is Correct. That from that, and how much is there? About thirty-five hundred. And then, how do you make regular payments to them? Mm-hmm, we do. Uh, and then what's that payment? A couple hundred bucks, 150 bucks a month? Exactly. Okay. Uh, it's like you a know, they're good faith payments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Uh, you got a medical bill of about 775 bucks. Um, are you making mm-hmm. payments on that? I am. And then is that, a, this is a weird question, and don't go too deep on it, just answer it at the surface. Um, are there further medical issues that will create more medical bills, or is that just sort of a, an, an ordinary expense? No, there, there, there definitely are, and there could be, potentially. Okay. And then, um, uh, any credit card debt? Uh, about 3500 or $4,000. And you're paying on that regularly a few hundred bucks a month? Yes. And is that... Yes. In fact, one of them is... Um, something that we hope to pay off in a year because there's no interest on it. Okay. So that that's our goal. We, we pay over what we're supposed to. We're just really trying to stay on top of that because of the, you know, no interest factor and put as much as we can on, um, on that one credit card that has some additional or higher interest rate. My gut tells me that that credit card balance got there because of life and not because of you wanting more than you can afford. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is is sometimes when people uh, think about credit card debt and they look at the debts that that people uh, like you and your situation have, they're way too quick to say, well, you're living beyond your means. I I don't, I I think you're, this is a weird way to say it, you're sort of being forced to live beyond your means. The nature of how life has happened and and unfurled itself on you over the last couple decades um, is what's brought you to this. 
and, and I, mm. that, that doesn't make it any easier to solve. In fact, it actually might make it harder to solve. Um, but I don't see this as like you and your husband just spending wildly, right? No, not at all. And, and then you have student loans, $7,200 this year for your son. Are those Parent PLUS loans that you took out? Yes. And then he's in his second year. So are we to uh, you know, guess that he'll take out equal payment, maybe equal loans uh, his junior and senior year as well? Mm-hmm. So that'll take it to $21,000, $22,000 for you? Right. Okay. Um, so let's go back to income for a second. Your household income is roughly $62,000. How's that break down? Who's earning what? So I earn about 48 Okay. of that. And I, I'll do the math, I guess. Uh, that means leaves your husband with 14. <laughs> He's self-employed. Um, can, can you tell us anything about the how how his, is it seasonal variations in pay for him or is just as jobs come along? How, do, how does that work? And what's the potential for that changing anytime soon? It's a little bit of both. Some of it is seasonal. Some of it is just the nature of um, what he what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I said, we both tend to be optimists and say, "Okay, yeah, maybe this year will be a little bit better." Um, but I don't see it changing dramatically. Can, can I ask a really stressful question? And <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pre-apologizing. <laughs> No, that's okay. I, I'm sure, because I own a business, right? And so when times are tough, I ask myself, oh, about once a year, <laughs> I ask my question, <laughs> why am I doing this? Yeah. Why, why, what am I doing? This makes no sense. I'm killing myself for this. Uh, at, what, at any point in time, have, have you guys looked at the situation and said, why don't you just get a, a gig, like a regular gig? Like, help me understand that. Yep. Um, and you're not the first person that's brought that up. Um. I, it, uh, I know, I told you I it's a stressful know, question. I don't, yeah, because um, I, I can answer that question right. because I've asked it myself. Sure. Um, there's a reason why um, I don't ask anymore, and gotcha. I think that's why we're still married. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Um, so... Um, are you working 40 hours a, a, a week, Cassie? Yeah, at least. Okay. And? I work a full-time do- job, and then I do some part-time stuff just to supplement. Okay, so does that take you above that $62,000, or does it still keep you around sixty-two? No, that's where it leaves us. Okay. Um, so here's the other concern with your husband working part-time. I- I'm guessing he hasn't paid... Um, aggressively into Social Security at high earning wages, you know, uh, mm-hmm. which which is to suggest that at retirement age for him, his Social Security retirement benefit might not look that great, right? Right. How old is he? You're 49. How old is he? 49 as well. Okay. All right. So you both have about 13 years until you're eligible uh, to take any Social Security, although based on your situation and not getting into the health side of things, um, you probably wouldn't want to take any payments until the earliest of 67. Uh, let, let's go ahead and do this. Let's, let's take a look at how 
uh, the $140,000 has impacted your life long term, it means, uh, and, and we'll have to do some fun math here, on January 30th of 2041, you, you would actually be millionaires. Now, 2041 is a long time from now, and you could do your own mm-hmm. math on that. And the reality is, and I just, just have to say it because I'm not really in the, in the business of sugarcoating things, at that point, you would have already started drawing on your assets, right? You would have already started drawing down the 140, uh, which right. would be higher then. So you, you'll actually never get to that million dollar day. And I, know, I don't want that to be your takeaway today because that, that's not the point of our time together. Um, but I do want to see what your retirement income would look like at age 67. Um, that, that 140 with your regular contributions you're making of $113 per month out of your paycheck would equal about $642,000, which is great. I mean, 642. Yeah. And, and really, if you think about it, that 140 that your uncle left you uh, with, a, with a little help from, from you will turn into over a half million dollars by the time you retire. It would re, uh, give you about $1,500 a month of income off of that. But that $1,500 a month of income will feel like $960 of income in today's dollars. Hmm. Okay, so as you as you think fondly about your uncle, I think as you look forward to what it will do for you in your financial life, I mean, he has provided a $960 income stream in today's dollars for you in perpetuity once you retire, which I think is remarkable. Yeah. Uh, so then the question is, how do we supplement that? I mean, that's why we're here. We're trying to eliminate some obligations. How can we supplement that? Well, you clearly are working uh, full time. You are paying into Social Security. So you will have a Social Security benefit. Do you happen to know what they've projected your Social Security benefit to be at age 67? Mm, I don't. Not off the top of my head. I'm going to guess uh, probably in the $2,000 a month range, which then after inflation, I mean, it's going to feel like twelve hundred dollars a month and so so again that's twelve hundred plus the 960 you have you're looking at twenty one hundred dollars a month of of retirement income and we're trying to replace the thirty four hundred a month that you make now so we're getting closer you know what i mean the gap is not Mm -hmm. as not as bad as you think i know that your current stresses are overwhelming at times but retirement's not awful tell me about your housing situation do you own do you rent what are you doing we rent okay and then, yeah. how, were you ever homeowners? We were. How long ago was that? Um, let's see, about nine years ago. Okay. Um, when the recession hit, yes. Um, we were unable to keep our house, so we needed to foreclose on it. Okay. And, and so. The, and again, I had been out of work at the time as well. Sure. So yeah, you talked about those levels of unemployment. Um, mm. When you're the core source of income and they hit you, that, that gets pretty rough. Yeah. Do, do you see your income changing much over time or will it always sort of creep up based on where it is now? Or do you even feel secure about the, the job you have now? I don't feel especially secure. And I've been um, looking for some job opportunities, but nothing has panned out. I've come really close. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I'm hopeful that things will change. I just, I guess some days it just does get a bit discouraging. And I wonder if, you know, we'll ever feel like we're not always running on this treadmill to just 
keep up and just make ends meet. Yeah, you know, so often on this show, I find myself trying to talk people into a reasonable lifestyle. And I don't feel like that's the conversation we're having. I mean, on some level, I look at your situation, um, the financial debts you have come from not having enough income at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's none of them are, are biting off more than you can chew. Um, so I would say this, if, if you're ever going ever, if you're ever going to feel like this lets up, if you're ever going to breathe a sigh of relief, it's because more income will be coming into your household. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think anything else is going to change that. And and I'll be honest, prior to your uncle passing away and you getting the $140,000, I I can't even imagine your situation because then you look at not much hope in the future whatsoever, right? Right. It looked pretty grim. So, yeah, I mean, it's almost like we have to survive. The the now is actually harder than the later to some degree. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, this is an unusual situation. And then, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to help your son out. He's probably taking out as much uh, student loan debt as he can. And then you're taking the parent loans plus loans on top of that. I think right. the big key for him, as, as if you probably don't tell him this every day, I mean, he's got to complete his degree. There is no, there is no <laughs> margin for error, right? Yep. No pressure there, right? Um, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, it's another thing you mentioned, you talk about looking at another gig to to bring stability. What what I am hearing, I, I think you value stability right now in your employment more than you would a higher income. A higher income would be great. It would certainly serve you. But it does sound like you have concerns over just the normal stability of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. What, so you mentioned the medical expenses. Um, do you think that those will come uh, unexpectedly? Do you think they'll come more later in the future or, or, or sooner? Do you, do you know anything about sort of the pattern that will come with that? I don't. It, it, you know, it's too difficult to um, even gauge that. Right. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. And, and, and we look at situations like yours and I think, well, what brings relief? Like, so the, let, let's let's dig here. If we paid off all your debts, and by we, I mean you, mm-hmm. um, if you paid off all your debts, um, does it bring you any relief? So let's, let's examine that for a second. Um, your, stu- your car loan is $300 a month. Your credit card debt, I'm guessing you're paying about $300 a month. Um, mm-hmm. Your medical bills, I-, I guess you're probably paying like, what, 50 bucks a month or something like that? Yep. yep. <laughs> and then your, your debt to the IRS, you're paying $150 a month. Between those four, that's $800 a month of cash flow, which is quite a bit. It's almost a quarter of, of your take-home pay that you're making right now. Um, right, and that doesn't, you know, once you factor in the rent, doesn't leave a whole lot left. Yeah, and then, and then I hate to do this to you, but then you look at what the Parent PLUS loan payments are going to be three years from now. It's almost like we, the window to solve this to, to at least take the next step forward is can we take a chunk out of this debt to free up your cash flow prior to the parent plus loans kicking in? And I almost feel like we have to chunk down this goal, this, this idea for, for you, because otherwise it's going to be pretty easy to get overwhelmed and carried away with how dire things feel, you know? Mm. Okay. So let's think about this. Your car, you, you owe 8,000 ish. We think and you pay 300 a month. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, what's that, paid off in two and a half years or so? Yes. So that'll be paid off by the time he gets out of college. So mm-hmm. that, that's good. Is there, would you have another car payment? Do you guys have one or two cars? Any chance that you'll have to get a different car? We have two cars, and we're hoping that both of them will last us a good number of years. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um, now, the credit card debt, are, are you stacking it back on the top as well, or are you able to just pay it down without accumulating any more debt? Um, no, we're actually chipping away at it, and one of the, um, we had pretty much brought it close to um, a zero balance, and we needed to put um, our car insurance on it. Okay. So, again, it was a matter of survival. Sure. You know, it's not like we're going out and we're buying right. You know, vacations or... Um, you know, extravagant clothes or anything like that. Are are you dealing with all the money, I assume? No, we both are. We kind of split things. I'm actually, I feel like I'm not a numbers girl. And I, um, within the past couple of years, really decided to take it upon myself to learn more about this so that I felt... Um, for many years, it was like, oh, that's my husband's problem to worry about the money. I'm just, you know, the pretty housewife. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a pretty housewife. <laughs> so um, so we, we both um, handle certain aspects of finances. And then when, when his income comes in, I'm just curious. We were not going to dive too deep on it. I'm just curious. Like, um, how? Does it come in in big chunks, or, or are there months where he has no income? Um, both. There are times when it's like, oh, wow, that's great. We can actually pay two months' rent ahead of time. Like, you know, we can sure. get caught up with... with uh, we've never been late with the rent, but um, we've been trying to pay two months at a time just so we can stay on top of it. And then there are some months where nothing comes home. Yeah, and those, that's really tough. Which yeah. is why um, we do have an emergency savings that we try to um, keep a chunk of money in. I'd love to put it towards a vacation or use it to pay off debt, but that's really like our safety net. How much is in there? Forty three hundred. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I mean, forty three hundred is sort of in your situation. It's just a little bit more than one month's expense. Uh, if, if things went terribly wrong. But, but let's be honest, if, if your husband goes a couple months without a paycheck, it, it supplements his pay for two or three months. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it replaces his pay. Yeah, I would definitely not spend that money on a vacation, although I'm sure relieving some stress uh, would also be beneficial to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want the takeaway from this to be, all right, uh, you need to bring in more income. Like, I don't want... But I'll be honest, that that is where we're at because I feel like you guys have made ends meet. Uh, you've got a little bit of a lifeline for your long-term financial life uh, with the inheritance you received from your uncle. And so at this point in time, I just think you need more fuel for the car. Like, I, I, you just need more income. Yeah. That's not even helpful, is it? I mean, if I'm being honest here, I'm like, hey, no, thanks for calling. Make more money. Like, I'm sorry. 
No, it is helpful because I think it's what we've known for a while, but to have somebody like really look at it and validate that um, we're not spending outside our means and that, you know, something external has to happen. And that external is that our total gross income has to be greater than what it is currently. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I, I think it's important. I don't know if you're going to have your husband listen to this. Or you're going to you know, recount the conversation with him. I, I do. It's important for me to say I don't know all the facts. And I think on top of that, in some situations, it's inappropriate for me to seek more facts. And let's just deal with the information we're dealing with. So that is to say, I'm not a know-it-all for, for your for your situation. I can just say these two things scare me about what's happening. Uh, three things really, but two of them are related. Number one, you need more income now, but the bigger issue there is if your husband isn't paying regularly into social security at retirement, uh, I'm worried about what he'd be able to contribute to the, to the pie, if you will. Right. Mm. Um, and so I don't want to say him getting a regular gig solves two problems. However, him getting a regular gig may increase the income and it would allow him to pay into social security, which would help down the road in retirement. And then the other factor is, is the one that probably stresses you out uh, as well. And that's the uh, unknowing of when a medical bill is going to come and, and be part of your life in a negative way. Right? That's, that's, yeah. that's what scares me. I will say this though. If medical bills stack up in the tens of thousands at some point, filing a medical bankruptcy makes a tremendous amount of sense for someone in your situation, mm. but you're not even close to that right now. I mean, you've mm -hmm. got a relatively low amount of debt, but when you match that with your relatively low amount of, of household income, then it, then it feels like a big amount of debt, you know? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So I guess that's my that's my a little bit my takeaway. My my takeaway is this that if the debt gets too bad, you would actually want to consider a medical bankruptcy. I don't know if that makes you feel good, bad, or otherwise, but that's why it's there. So you should take advantage of it if it stacks up. And number two, uh, a regular gig uh, from from my objective opinion here solves two problems. It solves the cash flow problem now, and it will allow Social Security to be available to your husband uh, at retirement. Uh, mm. Any questions for me? Any additional questions before we part? No, this has been extremely helpful. As I said, it really does validate a lot of, um, you know, what I've been feeling and give, it does give me hope. Sure. Well, I, I'm glad yeah. and I'll, I'll say this. Um, money conversations in a situation like yours can be especially difficult for couples because of all sorts of factors. Uh, trust and pride and uh, unconditional love and all sorts of other things. If at some point it makes more sense, even offline, it doesn't have to be part of the show. I'm willing to talk to your husband about these things. Uh, so just let us know uh, and we won't make a spectacle of it. We just want to help because I know, I know I've seen this before and I know what's happening and, and by all means, I want to support you in it. Thank you. My Thank you sincerely. No, it's, it's my pleasure. Wish you the best of luck there in Rhode Island, which I will be in in October, going to Providence. That's in Rhode Island, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I've never been to 
Hode Island, and I'll be going in October for an event, uh, October like 22nd or 3rd. I don't know. I'll be there, and uh, I'm excited. All right. Well, thank you so much, Cassie, and uh, keep us updated and let us know. Send us an email if you uh, want to take me up on my offer to talk to your, your lovely husband. I will surely do that, Pete. Again, my many thanks. My pleasure. All right, that's the it for this week's Million Dollar Plan. If you want to be on the show, be on the show. Look, all the, you know, we do this show. Sometimes you just never know what you're going to get. And that's why I love this show. Um, I love people like Cassie. You know, because so often we, we, we were convinced that people in the financial struggles have caused their own financial struggles. But sometimes life happens, right? And then you just try to do the best you can with it. Uh, this isn't one of those self-induced things where they've got like three motorboats and all these different things. It's just they're just good American people trying to survive. I don't know why I threw the word American in there. God, felt xenophobic. I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> all right, I'm leaving. Hey, be, be on the show, pizzaplanner.com slash podcast. That's it. Uh, I'll see you next time on Pete the Planner. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money right, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. This is not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me E.T. Word to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings it's from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. beats I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, this I burn, I burn, I Salutations, I bring you love, try and greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?